Welcome to Transforming Your Conversations, a podcast about one of the most important yet overlooked part of professional life, conversations. We're helping leaders from different backgrounds improve their conversation skills at work, and in this episode, we're here to share our tips to help you with that. Don is the founder of Transform Your Conversations, or TYC for short, a boutique training company specializing in leadership conversations at the workplace. Emma is an associate consultant and coach with TYC, passionate about supporting aspiring and seasoned leaders in their conversational skills. Continuing from our last podcast on leading and engaging remotely, in times where most people are working from home, no business travels are allowed, how can managers continue to energize and inspire their teams? We've looked at the importance of focusing on the people and on defining a clear scope. So today, let's talk about the other two dimensions. Don, you want to bring us through the model again? Yeah, sure. So uh, we, we've talked about what are the keys to building trust and engagement. And uh, we've already covered the people dimension, which is really showing an interest in people and understanding where they're coming from. Um, we've talked about the scope and being clear about people's mission and their objectives. What exactly is, are we trying to achieve? And then we're going to come on today to two other elements, which is around autonomy. So how do you give people the freedom to act and why is that important uh, in terms of engaging them remotely? And then the last dimension is about feedback, checking in frequently, finding out what they're, what they're doing well, and really having an, a dialogue with them uh, to find out their perspective on how things are going. So the first one uh, that we're going to cover today is around autonomy. And I, I guess the, uh, the, the real, uh, really important thing here is to understand that you know, each person in the team, when they're working remotely, needs to have the freedom to act. It, it's really important for the leader to give clear direction, as we said last time, but to provide them with the support that they need to get on and do their job. That, I think that's the very essence of autonomy, having the clarity of purpose but being able to have the skills and the support and the, the knowledge that I can get on and do this myself. And I think having autonomy is a really important motivator. Nobody likes to be micromanaged. Um, having said that, I, I know that I, I used to be a, quite a good micromanager at times, um, but I also really hate being told what to do. So nobody likes being micromanaged. So people need to be clear that uh, what it is that they're expecting and basically step back. Trust people to do the job, but that requires a lot of preparation to do that. Be clear about what you want, but then get out of the way. Absolutely. In, the, in his uh, famous book, uh, Drive, Dan Pink, Pink talked about uh, the, the three key motivators of uh, people, uh, people at work. And one of them is, uh, is mastery. I think most of us, we want to attain mastery in what we do, whatever that means, because it, it's, it's a huge source of fulfillment and, um, and feeling good about what we do and uh, about ourselves. And, and the other motivation is also, it's, it's, it's really autonomy or the freedom to, to act and to decide how we are going to deliver the work. And I think that's really important when people really feel that they can, they're getting better every day at their craft and also they are able to do it the way they want, 
knowing what's the what's the end goal they're 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 getting at i think that really is the source of deep fulfillment and happiness at work and i really really believe that the best managers are the ones that are really understand that in in their people and really give them trust and autonomy to do the best possible craft and and keep improving at the same time I think damping that uh, the work that he did on drive is uh, is really really powerful. I love that that story. Um we we know that a lot of organizations are giving that autonomy to their teams. They're saying, "Look, you're going to have a half a day a week or you're going to have a a day a month and basically you can do what you want. You can do you can do it how you want it the only thing that we ask is after you've spent a day together as a team you come back and tell us what you've done and that you've got a clear objective to take the business forward or to fix a software issue that you've got and the evidence is is absolutely incredible if people know that they've got the autonomy to go away and brainstorm and think out of the box and do awesome things but they're on their own there's nobody setting the guidelines and the rules they come up with incredible things and a lot of the good initiatives that are coming out of uh, working from home for instance um are when managers are um are innovative enough to say look you know i haven't got all of the answers to this so you go away and you tell me what you need so giving people the uh, giving people the autonomy to do that is really really powerful so don't think it is it is hit the point right on now though yeah and yet managers find it incredible extremely difficult to do that to give autonomy and i suppose most managers are very responsible people they take their job seriously and they feel that they need to be in control and and with control comes with a lot of you know getting into your people's job and and kind of like looking at what they're doing and and and, and often giving suggestion about the way they should do it which yeah it is is it's not working for for people so it's an interesting dynamic about how to control how to manage our tendency to wanting to control the outcome and give freedom and autonomy to to people yeah you can't tell people what to do when they're working in a remote environment i think there that was always the case before covid when when leaders had remote teams working across a region where they weren't face to face with them but now leaders have virtually all of their teams working remotely so you cannot micromanage you cannot tell people what they have to do so you autonomy and empowerment is not an option and we know that the way to do that is to really be clear about scope and objectives and then trust people to get on and do it it's a very powerful motivator and maybe i just want to pick up on that uh the point that you made about dan pink about mastery and people like to like to get better at doing stuff and uh i think that's a really big challenge for people working from from home um how do leaders and organizations facilitate that that human desire to get better at everything that they do um while they're working from home and uh we're seeing organizations who are recognizing that and giving people uh, monetary budgets they're giving them the scope and the time to go away and do self improvement classes and to do things and to get better at uh, go and learn new things while they're in lockdown because they're spending so much time at home so i think that's a really key driver for for motivation as well and there are like really big concepts that we've that you've mentioned when it comes to autonomy right it's there's the part on 
a very basic human desire and it also links to being satisfied and happy at work. So it seems that the consequences, rather the, the benefits of giving autonomy are so great. But like you mentioned, Emma, it's so difficult because managing and controlling is what managers have always been doing. And to be very fair, if we tell them now to just uh, let go, it's not going to be as simple as that. So are there any ways that they can you know, um, actively practice this and to tell themselves when they're in a situation with their team members, I should give them more autonomy. What mm. should I do now? Yeah, good, great question. One, uh, one way to, to go about it is to learn how to delegate effectively and start delegating small tasks, get others to do it, Get, get and, and then see how it goes and then slowly expand the scope of, of what is being delegated and then as manager really learning to be at ease with that and and the more the, the manager can delegate the more they will be able to trust the outcome trust their team members and then to a point where they'll be much more at ease with giving autonomy and empowering their team members so it's really breaking out of that cycle of Constantly feeling like you have to control, mm. just letting go once, mm. and then watching what happens after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then reflecting back, and then, and then do it better the next time. Yeah, and to delegate effectively, you really need to understand what your team is good at, what are their strengths, you know, what is the real core of what you're asking them to do. It's not, it's not just a question of dumping what you don't want to do onto your team members. I think delegation is a really tricky thing to do. Um, if you want a totally autonomous team, it, you can't just tell them to be autonomous. You've got to work really hard. Everybody has got different levels of, uh, of, of comp competence. So you need to build their confidence and their level of skill so that you can step back. And not everybody's going to be in the same place at, at every time. So it's a very complicated jigsaw puzzle. But the, the end goal is that you can build the level of skill in everybody so that they can work on their own. You know, self-direction is best. We know that people like to self-direct what it is that they do. And the leader in a, in a team has a key role in setting the, uh, the, the groundwork for that. And now we're really seeing what we mentioned in the previous podcast come up as foundations, isn't it? Understanding your people, knowing what they can do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so <coughs> those two dimensions you really have to nail down before you can start building autonomy and feedback. Mm. Mm. So it does seem to be more of a, a long-term process, right? There's no really fast way you can, wow, engage everyone digitally. Yeah, but this is certainly a good time to start. It's a great bridge to the fourth dimension of our model, which is uh, the, the whole feedback. It's difficult to give autonomy to people uh, without providing frequent feedback and checking in how are they doing do they need help um, and have that ongoing dialogue to make sure that they are still on the right track yes give them freedom but ensuring that they are well scaffolded or supported certainly mm -hmm. so tell us more about the feedback part yeah so i completely agree you've got to you've got to regularly check in to see how people are doing make sure they're on track in a physical office, you get multiple opportunities during a day. You know, you can, 
you can bump into the boss in the corridor and you know even just a couple of minutes or in the pantry over a cup of coffee so the informal opportunities to check out how you're doing are are multiple but working from home you know you're not just going to bump into your boss on zoom that just doesn't happen like that so feedback is going to come through a much more structured process it's going to come through you know, a formal conversation that's been set up. So as the leader, you need to you you need to be really structured in doing that. Working from home is different. You're not going to pick up the same signals from your team that you would do in the in the corridor. So come back to a point I make very often. You need to prepare for that. Um, you need to make it part of the ground rules with every single person in your team that while they're working remotely, an important part of the engagement process and working from home is that we're going to talk about how you're getting on. So you need to have evidence. You need to be able to pick up things that are going to be useful information for the person, for the help to help them to progress and achieve their objectives. So, you know, feedback. Um, the big question is, well, feedback about what? What do I talk to my team about if I'm going to give them feedback? Well, it comes back to objectives and goals, and it's an ongoing, regular, frequent conversation, giving people useful feedback about how they're doing. Mm. So, you know, you've got to have benchmarks. You've yeah. got to say, you know, you did that really well. And when you tell somebody that they did something really well, well, it's not just a tap on the back. That doesn't help anybody. But you did something really well. And this is what you did. And this is why I appreciated it. So you've got to be specific. Yeah. And it's a much more deliberate effort working from home because it's, as you said, it's, you're not going to bump into them uh, at work. Um, so it has to be prepared. It's, it's deliberate. And I think for me, it's also two ways. It's like, okay, how are we getting on? How you doing and how am I doing in, in supporting you? Give me feedback as well so that it's it's also driven by the employee and not just the manager. I think that's where that's how it's much more powerful. So for example, giving the employee the um the choice, well, how frequent would you like to have those check in? Instead of assuming it has to be weekly or twice a week, says well, maybe once every ten days, or as and when. It's more ad hoc for me when I need your help. I'll come to you, but otherwise trust that I'm on the right track. So, so it's again that co-creation element for me is, it makes the check-ins and feedback process much more powerful. Yeah, and I think you you need to do it. You need to do that frequently, and you need to um, you need to make space for the person in your team to have a say. If you're doing all the talking and you're not leaving space for your employee to uh, to express their point of view, it ends up with a very sterile sort of conversation. So I think as a leader, you've got to approach this to say, look, you know, I've seen something that's happened. It could be something really awesome that somebody's done and you want to give them appreciation for it. It could be something where something maybe went wrong or a project wasn't delivered as quite uh, to quite the extent you wanted it delivered. But you've got feedback that you want to give to to your employee let's look at it as you want to share a perspective with your employee about what you saw so you've got to be really neutral and non-judgmental in the way you deliver that but the objective is to find out what happened from their perspective what is it that was going on and that dialogue that emerges from that that's where alignment takes place that's where you get to understand the strengths and the potential development needs of your employee that's where the magic happens where people really feel that they can express themselves And that's how you help people to grow. You know, feedback is a really powerful way to help people to grow, but it's got to be done in a, in a, with a positive intent to help people to grow. And I think that's the challenge for, for leaders. Feedback isn't a way just to, you know, tick a box. It's an, it's an opportunity to help people to grow.
I really like the way Don you linked everything together because you know we had an episode on feedback and then it's showing up again and it really just shows how you know we can't run away from feedback and we really have to 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 master it in a sense and what strikes me as really interesting and what I didn't expect is when the both of you mentioned that there would be there's a need to build more structure because everything has to be more deliberate you have to you know be clearer so that in essence is building more structure but then at the same time you have to delegate you have to be autonomous so it seems more like what we're doing now is building a kind of structure that gives space that encourages freedom that encourages more thinking more sharing and you know, doing away with the previous structure that is a lot of micromanaging and saying okay you have to do abc and then come back and tell me how it goes if we look at all of these four dimensions together how would we say they would tie up and contribute to remote leading i think you've said it it's a it's a, it's a combination of things when you're leading a team remotely there's multiple opportunities to engage with your teams there are opportunities to have top down one way messages and i think you've got to recognize that you know we're not in a situation where you've always got to be giving feedback or having very personal conversations with your team so there are opportunities to do top down communication there are opportunities to get input from your team i think what we're seeing here is that the kill the keys to building uh, trust and building engagement in your team is to do this with frequency and what we've shown in our in that that those four dimensions is that you've got to be hitting them all interested in in your people i think that's the the key one you've got to you've got to give the impression to your team that you really are interested in their well-being how they're doing you're interested in their growth the the dimension of being clear about the scope and what it is that you're expecting of them and this sort of leads in doesn't it to to the autonomy you know you've got to build the the skills the competences and let them get on with their job take a step back don't micromanage them and you know this is interspersed with continual ongoing feedback where you don't do all the talking but the aim of the feedback is to get their perspective on what's going on and all of those put together not all at the same time they can be different conversations at different times it's going to build a level of trust and engagement which is going to have a direct impact on performance yeah absolutely so people scope autonomy feedback and perhaps you know in these in these times where there's a lot of uncertainty and and working from home generates a higher level of stress than when we are in the in the office altogether i think it's also about celebrating more often celebrating wins taking time to maybe celebrate birthdays as well or a newborn in one of our team members family just find those opportunities to really come together and have a good time i think that's also very important especially in these times those are really good insights don actually you've done my job for me so oh, so well and actually so. both episodes so yeah refer to don <laughs> but emma you also bring up a really pertinent point is that when we are so far apart you really have to get every chance that you can keep the team together keep the spirits high. So, with that, we wish you all the best and of course come back listen to us again and again if you have to. Hopefully your remote leadership will improve and you'll be able to engage your team much better in the months to come. 
and hopefully some of these you can also bring with you as you return to the office and set up new foundations and new structures for yourself and your team. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for today's episode. If you found it interesting, why not subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening? We post regular articles on our website and our LinkedIn to help you take your conversations to the next level. If you found it useful, please share this episode with a friend or family. They might thank you for it too. See you next time on Transforming Your Conversations.